Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. We're back with Keith Broders, founder of the Constitution Club. Again, the website, constitutionclub.ning.com. We talked about the Constitution being uh, a contract among 13 sovereign states who came together to form a uh, to form an entity called the federal government to perform 18 enumerated tasks, Article One, Section Eight, the enumerated powers, and that's it. Uh, they further indemnified or protected themselves, I should say, with the Ninth and Tenth Amendment which basically say that any powers not given to the federal government uh, nor prohibited to the states remain the, the powers, the just and lawful powers of the states themselves. Uh, and that is really a most important thing. And, and not only are the states, by the way, because of recent decisions in the Supreme Court, not only are the states uh, free uh, thus to do what they want, individuals are also covered by the 10th Amendment. So the 10th Amendment does cover individuals and states against the power of the federal union. So in 1913, uh, Keith Broders, three really bad things happened that started us on our path uh, from a constitutional republic uh, down the road to democratic socialism. And that was the 16th Amendment, 17th Amendment, and the Federal Reserve Bank. The 16th Amendment allowed for the direct taxation of the income of individuals by the federal government. The 17th Amendment allowed for senators, instead of being appointed as representatives of the state, to be voted on by popular vote, which basically turned the Senate into nothing more than another House of Representatives on a different scale. And the Federal Reserve Bank, which allowed the federal government to borrow unlimited sums of money to have currency that is not backed by anything at all, fiat currency. So as, a, uh, as, as a, an educated person, as an educator who has educated himself in the Constitution and the philosophy of the Constitution, Keith Broders, let's talk about 1913, a very, very bad year for our constitutional republic. The, let's start with the 16th Amendment. Uh, I don't think necessarily it's the most important one of these, but it is certainly important. If you go back to the Constitution, originally, the power to tax, uh, the, the Constitution uh, prohibited direct taxation. 
And that's exactly what the income tax is. It's a direct tax levied upon the people by the by the central government. What the founding fathers had in mind was is that the taxes would be collected from the states, not from the people directly. The states would serve as a buffer. The states would collect taxes, and then the state would basically pay their pro rata for portion of the monies needed to fund the government. So the people were insulated. They were protected by their, their states, basically protected them from the abuse of power by the central governing authority. Taxes were to be, taxes and representation were to be apportioned among the states according to the respective populations. Well, this, uh, this is a constitutional provision which was scrapped in favor of an amendment that allowed income to be taxed. The word income is not even, not even defined. So even if you go to the IRS today and you ask them, well, what is income? They can't tell you. It's it basically income is basically any money that you receive that they that they want to, that they want some of you know they, they want to control. As a matter of fact, something I found very interesting. I did some research on the national debt clock the other day, and it said that last year the the national government collected three point four trillion dollars in income taxes from individuals and corporations and payroll taxes. And out of that $3.4 trillion, $3.1 trillion was spent to pay the interest on the national debt. That means virtually every dollar collected by the federal government did not go to fund the government. It went to pay the bankers their profits. And so, uh, the, you know, the only reason that we have taxes today, it's not to generate money. It's to control the people. Uh, if we didn't have debt, there would be no need to have taxes. And so going back to the original plan of the Founding Fathers, they, they wanted the states to be the, the people that would be basically deal directly with the people. They, they would tax the people according to their own pleasure uh, in order to fund the legitimate powers of the government. And now the, what are the legitimate powers of government? It's to pay the debts. It's to provide for the national defense and the general welfare. Well, what is general welfare? General welfare is something that benefits everyone equally across the board. If if there's a program that benefits one group of people at the expense of another, that's not general welfare. That's specific welfare. That's that's the redistribution of wealth. That is nothing more than theft. Well, you obviously have spoken exactly what I would say. Uh, the general welfare clause is one of those clauses that is const constantly misinterpreted in favor of the elitists, the socialists, the oligarchs who run uh, our government now. They, uh, the general welfare was, as you so aptly said, was the welfare of everyone equally. That is why protecting our borders having, a, having a, an armed forces to protect us uh, from outward, outside danger. That benefits everybody equally. Uh, but taking money from one person and giving it to another uh, is nothing more than theft. And that comes down basically to natural law rights. Uh, and natural law rights were the basis for uh, the Constitution. They were the basis for the beliefs of our founders, uh, and natural law rights are rights that are given to us by God. That's how, they, that's how these rights are. They're not manufactured rights. So natural law rights do not put a financial burden on any other person. 
That, that's the essence of natural law rights. However, when the government creates a right, like uh, let's say the right to for medical care, there's a good example. What that means is that government right is not only administered by the government, it can be changed at any time by the government, and someone has to pay for that right. So it is not really a right. Because when you force someone, when you take money from someone to pay for for a benefit of another, that person is a slave. Uh, And I've often wondered why, if slavery is prohibited, why do the programs of the federal government outright enslave people through taxation? And no one says a word about it. Well, the uh, the next um, the next of the amendments that uh, is the Seventeenth Amendment, and I think this is extremely important. The founding fathers were very, very brilliant, like you said, and they 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 foresaw the future, and they knew what would happen. They knew that, that the Constitution would be attacked, and that that they would have to be ready and on guard to prevent its abuse of power. So, in Article Five, they provided for an, a policy, a, a procedure for amending the Constitution. And there were two clauses in the Article 5 that are particularly important. One of them basically said that under no circumstances could the government of the United States pass any type of legislation or amendments that would interfere with the importation of slaves until after the year 1808. They they realized that in order to get the the support of the southern states, they would need to include this in the Constitution to to, to more or less assure the southern states that they, that they would not interfere with the institution of slavery for for twenty years. But the very final words of Article Five basically say that no state shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate without their consent. They knew that the that the uh, enemies of the constitution would try to st- strip the states of their sovereignty by taking away their representation in the senate i really believe that if the senators were chosen by the states like they were initially they would have the ability to stand up and prevent the house of representatives from spending money so impulsively on things that are unconstitutional I don't think that we would have uh, national seatbelt laws and national helmet laws and a lot of these other laws if the if the state legislators would ch- choose the senators. The senators could block these 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 acts. I think there'd be a lot of things that that, that would that would not have made it through. I don't believe that Obamacare could have been passed the Senate if the senators were chosen by the by the senate by the legislators in the states rather than by the people at large. You said it very accurately. The, the House, we don't have a bicameral legislature anymore. We have a House of Representatives and a Senate that both represent the same constituency. The people uh, elect the senators. The people elect the, 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 the senators and the House of Representatives. It's, it's a situation where we have a potential for a tyranny of the majority because the check and the balance has disappeared. What's really important about this is that when you have direct election of senators, that means money to fund their campaigns will come from outside the state. Uh, recently in a campaign in, in the state of Georgia here, uh, I believe that somewhere between 90 and 95 percent of the money that was donated to uh, the one of the candidates came from outside the state of Georgia. 
So that's a direct influence that should never have been brought to bear. Under the original Constitution, those two senators from the state of Georgia or any other state should represent only the interests of the state they come from. And that's not possible if most of their campaign funds are coming from outside the state. Well, that's right. The house, the seats, and the, the the seats and the House of Representatives and the Senate are purchased with dollars contributed by Wall Street corporations and London bankers. And the people basically are the most of the money that is spent is spent on the media, and the media basically is is uh, helping to get the people elected. And the people who get elected owe their they owe their they owe their soul to their financial contributors. And so the people that are elected to the Senate, their primary job is to position themselves to get reelected, which means that they need to basically be uh, answering. They take their marching orders from the financial elite. And so by taking the money out of politics, we take away a lot of the potential corruption. Now, in terms of the ratification of the 17th Amendment, there were some irregularities, were there not? Well, I think I think there were, and I, 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 that's one thing I'm not, maybe you can elaborate on this a little bit better than I can as far as some of the irregularities. I know that in the case of the 16th Amendment, it, that, 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 that it was not lawfully ratified. Uh, perhaps you could share your position as far as the 17th Amendment and the irregularities associated with it. Well, uh, you've provided me with a list of some states. Oh, that... oh okay. And how it directly violates the Constitution? Yes, absolutely. Well, say, for example, um, Article 4, Section 4 says that every state shall have a Republican form of government. Well, in a Republican form of government, the people who make the decisions are not the people at large, but they are people selected by the people at large. In other words, it's the representatives of the people are, are, are voted upon, and those individuals make the decisions. And so if we had a true Republican form of government, uh, it, it would necessitate the indirect election of senators rather than the direct election of senators that we have today. So that's one of the places where the... Um, the 17th Amendment contradicts and violates the Constitution itself. I mean, uh, the, the 17th Amendment also, basically, again, it says that no state shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate without their consent. Well, when the, when the 17th Amendment was, was ratified, there were 36 out of 48 states that had said, yes, we are willing to give our consent to give up our representation in the Senate. Well, there were 12 states that did not give their consent. Well, according to the provisions of Article 5, it says no state, not even one state. If one state did not give their consent, then the 17th Amendment could not lawfully be ratified. The fact of the matter is Utah <coughs> was one of the states. There were two states, Utah and Delaware, that flat out rejected the amendment when it was proposed to their state legislatures. And there were 10 other states that just did not take any action at all. Well, all of those states were denied their equal suffrage in the Senate, and they never gave their permission. 
So this clearly is a violation of Article 5. You can't have a Constitution that has uh, has amendments that contradict one another. Or, or, or excuse me, there's an Article 5. You can't have an amendment that contradicts it. And uh, so, as far as I'm concerned, the the the, the, the 17th Amendment is unconstitutional. I believe today there are still seven states that have never ratified that amendment. I believe that the seven states that have not ratified that amendment, they have not given their consent. And because they have not given their consent, I believe that they have every right to nullify the the 17th Amendment in their state, just like the northern states uh, passed liberty laws to prevent the uh, implementation and enforcement of the fugitive slave law. Uh, some of the states that have uh, have not signed or have not given their consent to the 17th Amendment include Utah, Kentucky, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky. These states, I believe, basically should just tell the government that, hey, we don't care what you say. We, we are going to nullify the direct election of senators in our state. The next time we have a senatorial election, we're going to handle it. And if we need your help, we'll ask for it. That, that's the basic philosophy that I have is, is that this... The, 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 everything that can be handled at the county level should be handled at the county level. Everything that can be handled at the state level should be handled at the state level. And I believe that the federal government has no reason to come into a state unless they're invited in to handle a problem that the state cannot handle on their own. I don't believe there's any reason to have national parks. I believe that the states can handle it. And if they can't handle it, then they can ask for help. Well, you've raised another very, very sore point, especially to people of our area here, and that is the national, the, the U.S. Forest Service, the national parks, uh, the TVA. All these government agencies do is steal land from the people and prevent the people from using their land, uh, using this land the way they should. Uh, and so you're right. I mean, wouldn't it be great if, yeah, it's, it's good to preserve some natural beauty and, and some things that could be ruined, but it really should be the states in which those, those, those places exist that should be doing it. I think well, it's a, we're at the in point. Article one, in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, it says that the jurisdiction of the federal government shall not exceed an area to 10 miles square. So basically what it's saying is that the federal government has no jurisdiction outside the boundaries of the District of Columbia. They've got no authority except for needful buildings such as military fortifications, arsenals, dockyards, etc. And frankly, the Bureau of Land Management has no constitutional right to exist, or the Forest Service has no right to exist. They, they uh, frankly are unconstitutional. And you take a look at the, the one of the things that happened during the summer of 1787 was something called the Northwest Ordinance. And in the Northwest Ordinance, a concept was introduced called the, this, the, the Equal Footing Doctrine. And basically what that was saying, that any state that would join the Union after the original 13 would be admitted on equal footing, that they would have the same rights and responsibilities of all the other states then why is 87% of Nevada owned by the federal government while 2% of Pennsylvania is owned by the federal government? Is that equal footing? All of that land in, in, in Arizona, I mean, excuse me, in Nevada, that 87% of the state is, is owned and controlled by the federal government. That, that is completely unconstitutional. Even in California, there's 100 million acres in California. The federal government is squatting illegally on 44 million acres. 
if those acres were turned back over to the state for their own management, if the state of California was able to sell their own land or portions of their own land, they would have a tremendous amount of money to solve all of their financial issues. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. People, I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything Everything gonna be all right this morning Whoosh.